0: So today we are going to, to look at uh, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Last week we looked at the book of Genesis and Exodus, and looked at how um, you know time was formed. And oh, the week before we looked at uh, Genesis as well, but um, we looked at uh, the day day creation and um, and how um, God orchestrated uh, things and how um, Moses was in, was instructed to write Genesis. Um, to answer some questions that that Israel had. So a question that I'm going to ask you all, do you all remember the three points um, that Moses was hitting um, in his writing when it it came to um, addressing Israel? What were the three questions
1: um, that Moses was hitting on in his writing? Was, okay. it crea- was it creation?
2: Was it creation? Uh
1: uh-uh, uh uh uh. No, this this
0: uh this answer is um during um Israel's mummering complaining. Okay, got uh, you. Yeah, most
1: answering three questions in his who, right. Who God was? Right. Okay. Where's Sharon and Tracy at when I need them? Ah, uh, Tracy on here. <laughs> Tracy I just got no out answer.
0: here. I missed
1: the question. That's her
3: problem. That's the <laughs> question
1: again
0: from the Question for the scholar, Sharon, who just came on here. So, <laughs> so I got one right. Right, right. So, um, in Israel's murmuring and complaining, uh, Moses was instructed, You know, began to write Genesis and Exodus and all that stuff, and he was writing uh, stories to. To, to Israel to help them understand uh, where they were what were the three questions that Israel I mean that Moses was hitting on when he was writing
3: number one who
4: God was yeah you already said that right right.
3: I'm <laughs> on scholar Sharon <laughs> <laughs> I did my part I'm just saying y'all gotta do y'all part now listen I'm checking my notes like
2: (laughs) is it also um who are his chosen people
0: somewhat somewhat
2: um where they're going
0: okay it it has to do with what they're go where they're going so why why are why you bring us here Moses that is that is another question yep and there's one more
4: I know you mentioned he was going, he was trying to address their murmuring and complaining. Right. And so they kept they kept saying, why should we follow you?
0: Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that had to, yeah, I kind of connected that to what Wayman was saying about who God was. So yes, that's actually it. Why should we follow you? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dale said, why, why should we go where we're going? So why should we um, conquer
1: Canaan? And then there's I
4: guess not... where where are we going? Now that we go back to Egypt. Why <laughs> yes,
0: that's it. There we go. There we go. Why can't we go
4: Come on, scholar? Hey. <laughs> I'll wake up eventually. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, those were the three questions that Moses is hitting in his writing. Uh, Why should we follow you, Moses? And in in that, he tells, that's why he gives his biography in the book of Exodus. And with Genesis, he begins to tell who God is. And uh, this is the true and living God that we should be serving. And uh, another one is, uh, why, why can't we go back to Egypt? Um, where we're going to talk about today, especially in the book of Leviticus, in their murmuring and complaining, they were ready to kill Moses and go back to, to Egypt. And so in their response are these stories. And another one is, why should we conquer Canaan? And so we see um, within the Pentateuch on the, um, why, um, the promised land and he begins to speak about Abraham and how, he, um, how God promised Abraham. That his people will conquer this land and things of that sort. So these are the three questions when we're looking at the Pentateuch. We need to really keep in mind on the perp one of one of the purposes of why why Abraham not why not Abraham why Moses was writing the Pentateuch. Okay, so good. I know that was a tough one. <laughs> good morning. I hope y'all awake now.
4: <laughs> hope you all are awake
0: now. So. Um, we still waiting
3: on Elder Tracy to wake up. We still waiting. She getting there though.
0: She <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> All y'all sound like morning. Good morning. <laughs> it's time to wake up. Okay, so let's go ahead and hop. Um, if there are any other questions or, or comments, we'll go ahead and hop into into Leviticus here, okay? Uh yeah, I think I can. Put it on the big screen all right so i pray that you all had a chance to look over leviticus and for those who don't have a book i ordered some more so if you're at church today definitely um, get one from me i know i sent some out uh, for those requested for books to be sent to them um, i sent some out so um, but if you're coming to church today definitely get at me um, with uh, getting a book okay because i have uh, i got probably about four or five books um left okay so with the book of leviticus here so let's let's hop into the Le- leviticus um in, in our book um if you have the book if you have it with you you should you're in class you should have a book book with you but on on page let me see here on page sixty-two, actually, let's go to sixty-one, the bottom of sixty-one, where it talks about Leviticus, and it says that the um, the book of Leviticus complements Exodus, and it does not advance the story of the Old Testament. Um, so, what do we mean? Uh, the, what does the author mean that Leviticus does not advance the, advance the story of the Old Testament? It's not, it's that is
3: not, not a progression but it, it just it, yeah, it gives more
4: insight into it? I need a little bit more. It does not move the timeline.
1: There you go. That's the- Yeah,
0: that's what you're looking for. Okay. Timeline. So it does not move the timeline. It's happening simultaneously with the book of Exodus. Okay. Right.
3: So, now, I- now Tracy want to wake up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, <laughs> how, um. <laughs> um when you when you finish exodus 21 and 24 then it hops to leviticus so in exodus 21 and 24 he's giving the law but in, in the book of leviticus he's kind of explaining the law giving you instructions on on the law and then it hops back into Exodus, and then it hops, you know, it, it hops back and forth. And so um, the author is saying that Ex- Leviticus complements Exodus, and it does not advance to the story of the Old Testament, although there's a brief historical portion in it, chapters 8 through 10. And when you look at chapters um, 8 through 10, that's talking about um, the, uh, the priesthood and their ordin- the ordination of the priesthood. So it's giving you a story on what happened during during that time. We're going to talk about that So along with Exodus, Leviticus records the law code of Israel, which Moses received from the Lord at Mount Sinai. While he was inside the newly completed tabernacle, Moses received details of the law of Leviticus that relates to the sacrifices, the priesthood, the feast days, and other matters. So Leviticus teach that the way to God is through sacrifice and that one must be holy to walk with God. So the book of Leviticus have a special relevance to the priests giving them a manual by which to guide Israel. So this is basically what Leviticus is about. It's giving, it's giving um, them instructions when it comes to the priesthood, when it comes to the tabernacle, when it comes to feast days and things of that sort. So it's teaching them how to uh, approach God and then how to live among, uh, live amongst I'll live amongst God. And so let's look at the purpose and and let's see here. I, I read that one. The purpose of Leviticus is twofold. I think that's in the next paragraph under the purpose of Leviticus. Um, the purpose of Leviticus twofold to teach the nation of Israel the way to God and to teach them how to walk with God. So there's there's a way that you that you must conduct yourself in order to get to God. There's some things you must do in order to get to get with God. And then there's some more things that you must do in order to walk with him. And so um, the book of Leviticus gives us the, the instructions for Israel and what they had to do in order to stay uh, with God, in order to go into his presence, in order to live daily with him, because he's a holy God and a holy God Um, cannot be tainted by our unholiness Um, because we are human. We were born in sin and shaped in in iniquity. So for us to come to him, just as we are, um, we will, we will um, taint. We will taint God. And that's why you see in a lot in the stories where people were trying to approach God in any manner that they want to, whether it be known or unknown that they were coming into his presence, um, in a certain way, they were, they dropped dead because he is a holy God and he has to maintain his holiness. Um, and so, uh, so that's why these things were put, were put in place. Okay. Any questions about that?
1: Um,
2: I did have a question. Um, I didn't get the answer cause you had moved on a little bit. I didn't want to, um, but so did you say that, um, after Exodus, was it twenty three and twenty four? It goes until Leviticus.
0: Yeah, so um, Leviticus twenty one to twenty four, where he's given the law. Actually, twenty two, when he's given given the law, and then um, it hops to Leviticus because that's when he's giving the instructions on on how to carry out the law. So yeah, it hops from there, and then it, hop, it Then after Leviticus. Um, it hops to Numbers um, chapters one through one through nine, okay? And then you'll see in Numbers 10 where they're about to leave Mount Sinai. So through Exodus up to, see, Levi- uh, Exodus and then Leviticus all happen at Mount Sinai. And then from Numbers 10, that's when you see they're about to leave Mount Sinai. Okay, so yeah. So it's just some pieces that you you know, you gotta put together, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, I know that you were looking at a chronological study line or a chronological Bible, and you see how it kind of intermingles various um, chapters and various verses from, you know, Leviticus and things of that sort um, to to see how it connects. So, yes, that's how it hops, and then it kind of hops back into Levit uh, into Exodus. So, is that cool? Oh.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, because I know that um yeah, because I'm I'm doing this little vowel plan and, and I was just like, oh wait, they didn't jump to you know they went all the way through
0: exodus. <laughs> no yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So they're trying to show you the the timeline of writing. So yeah, it's very interesting to to, to look at. So yes, yep, that's it. Um, any other questions or comments?
2: Doesn't the word Leviticus mean laws?
0: Well, let's look at that. We are, um, we're going to actually look at that here. Um, it's in the book here on page, let me see, I have to hop from uh, electronic to paper. So the um, on page, let's see here, 62. It tells us the meaning of Leviticus, it says describes the book as directions for the rituals associated with the Levitical priesthood. So, yeah. So, I mean, law, actually law means Torah or teachings. Uh, That's the word Torah. And so Leviticus, they said, is just giving you directions uh, for the rituals. So it's, I guess it's, I'm going to have to look at that word because I thought I had it in my notes where what Leviticus means, but it's just, it just, uh, like we know, like this book here is just giving us um, instructions when it comes to the Levitical priesthood. So I'm gonna have to look up that word. I thought I had it in my notes, uh, the etymology of the word uh, Leviticus, but I don't. So I'm gonna have to get that for you or someone can look it up real quick um, to give us the definition for the word Leviticus. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's, um, yeah, I think I'm gonna give you, are you are you gonna be a church down? So I think I still owe you a book.
2: Um, I will not today. I apologize.
0: Okay, can I give it to your mom? Yes, no. Okay, all right. I I'll give it to your yes, mom. Ma'am. Ma'am. Um, yeah, I give I give it to her today. So, um, so yeah.
2: Uh, I I have another good question for you. Sure. Moses and I believe Jacob were those the only two people that came that close to seeing the glory of God.
0: Moses saw the glory of God did Jacob I don't think Jacob saw the glory of God. Well,
2: he, well, well um, in the sense that he fought with the angel. Oh, you're talking about
0: and, ja- okay, I'm thinking Joshua for some reason. Joshua. Okay, Jacob, yeah. Yeah, and A- Abraham uh, he seen Adam. his
2: backside at a distance and that almost killed him.
0: Was there yeah. anybody else that the Bible
2: recognizes that anybody was that close to even coming close to seeing? I mean, Peter, James, John. <laughs> you know
0: what? I guess. I mean, when you look at G- you talking about Jesus. <laughs> that, that
3: Peter James John, right?
0: Right. That's the 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 earthly see, form of God. Yeah. I, true, I,
2: but I true. believe w- with that though, he had to somehow dull it down so that we could everybody could see him. Because if he was to show us his fullness, we right. would just boom die. So. Yeah. He had yeah. to doll dollar down too. And I was just wondering, is this, was there anybody else that in in that realm? Yes, you know see what I'm saying? The, that was even that close. Like, look, I seen God and just about died.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> well, I think the first the first people actually saw him, right? He hadn't, he wasn't separate from humans. You sound uh, like Adam and Eve and Right, yes.
0: He will be considered perfect before the yeah. fall, and so God was able to mingle, you know, with them because they they were holy, they were perfect. Um, mm-hmm. so yes, they they were able to see God, and what we will we will finally we will study the different manifestations of God and how He showed Himself, and so uh, we see Him walking in the cool of the day in the garden. And then we see him, um, he comes a fire, you know, fire, uh, was it a uh, cloud by day, fire by night. And then he comes in, in, in a light. And it, and it was so many different manifestations of God because it's like, like you said Dale, if we really see the fullness of God, our humanness can't take it, but there will be a day um, in heaven um, when we put on our um, immortal bodies that we're able to handle the fullness of God. we will be able to see God uh, who he is, the fullness of who he is. But because we are in a human state, we are in a sinful state. We can't handle it. Yeah, we will, we will, we will die. <laughs> so that's why he always gives glimpses and that he, like you said, <laughs> kind of water water himself down um, in order for us to handle his presence. And now we have his presence inside of us. So that is another manifestation of his presence, the Holy Spirit being inside of us. So
4: come um, <clears throat>
3: Excuse me. Um, Lindsay here. Um, what about Enoch?
0: Enoch. Enoch was considered righteous and upright in God's eyes, and who, who walked with God, and then walked,
1: walked away with him. Walked like, away with him. Like, <laughs> And God took so, you know, him up.
0: That is another manifestation for for uh, for a human to receive God or whatnot. It wasn't God's fullness that Enoch was walking with. It was a certain manifestation that that God that Enoch was walking with. So yeah, yeah.
4: But doesn't the scripture say that there is no one, no human form at all that has not, not no one has seen God fully
2: in his right, form. Yeah. Man, the no, station. no, not in the fullness.
4: Yeah,
0: not in his fullness. Yeah, right.
2: was the closest, right? And yeah, he said that was even at a distance. I'm, I'm thinking. Well, what I'm seeing it is Moses is at one side of the football field, and God was like three football fields away, and all he <laughs> seen was right. just, just the turn of his back. That's right. all he's saying was his backside. That was it. And even yes. that, he was still like, Whoo, I almost died." Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. Good. Good question. Yep.
3: Mm-hmm. That was Thank excellent. You.
0: Yep. Thank you for that one. Okay, good. So let's um, actually, that was, that was a real, that was a really good question. So let's go, let's go ahead and hop back into here on, I think it was on page 62 that we were looking at the purpose. Um, and it says that, um, let's see here, the book was given to direct Israel to live as a holy nation Fellowship with the Holy God. It was part of the law, the code of the law, um, the total well-being for the nation. For believers today, the book gives insight into approaching God in worship and the need for holy and need for holy living. And so in the book of Leviticus, it gives us the outline specifically for Israel and how they had to approach God. Of course, today we have other guidelines in which we have to follow in order to, to approach God, in order to live with God. Um, we have uh, other other guidelines. And so to say that you're following the law, you're trying to observe the law would be ludicrous because when you really get into the, the deepness of the law, it's 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 crazy. We don't see people giving sacrifices and giving blood sacrifices today. So to say that you're following the law, there's there's no way. So um so yeah, let's um look at um the oops, look at the outline, the basic outline on page sixty two. Um, the author of this book here he divides Leviticus into two parts he got the way to God is through sacrifices. Um, And then Israel walked with God in fellowship. And so from chapters one through 10, it talks about the offerings and regulations and the consecration and the duties of the priests. So it gives them instructions on that. And so you have to remember that this is the first time that first Moses is hearing this. And this is the first time that the priesthood is hearing this. And so they're trying to learn these things. These are things that Moses is practicing with them every day. They're doing this stuff every day and they're practicing this, um, every day. And when it comes to part two, uh, walking with God, um, it talks about the daily lives of God's people. And, um, when it comes to the daily lives of God's people that if you had any type of blemish, any type of imperfection, um, on your body, there were certain sacrifices and certain rituals and offerings that you must do in order to approach uh, this holy God. You couldn't could just come to him anyway. Even the things that we deem to be, to be natural to us, uh, certain bodily discharges, certain the way that we look, your eyes and maybe one eye is stronger than another. You may think like this is natural, like this is, this is part of our bodies to God. That is sin. OK, so we are in our sinful this. We're in our sinful state. It is unholy to God because he's a perfect God. And so because of um, our sinfulness and in our imperfections and things of that sort, God made provisions um, for the people. To, so they can't, so they can't approach this holy God. And so you get that in chapters 11 through 22 talks about anything you, you can probably think of. Um, and some things you may think that's even crazy that you have to consider in order to approach this holy God. If you had sex and um, there's certain things that you must do before you can get back into the presence of God. If you had a baby, there's certain things you have to do. Some of them have to sit, sit out of the camp because of the shedding of the blood for them. And so it's just, it's a lot. Once you, once you get into uh, the nitty gritty of the law. And this is the part that we don't really hear in church about the nitty gritty of the law. But when you begin to study the law, um, there are connections when it comes to the church, but we have to transfer them correctly. So we see God's progressive revelation in the law. Uh, you may say, well, what in the world? But once once we do a study on Leviticus, um, we'll be able to see the connection and how all this stuff even uh, is beneficial to us to know. Okay, so don't don't just uh, throw Leviticus off to the side. It's actually a, a, a good book to, to read and to understand what they had to do in order to get in the presence of God. And so now today, uh, we don't have to give um, lambs and bulls and things of that sort because the blood was already shed. So that completed the, the blood offering or the blood sacrifice. Um, and so we have the presence of God within us. But in order for God to, even though we have his presence inside of us, we have to continually to be in field with his presence. And that comes with obeying, obeying the word of God, and uh, walking uh, with with the Father, and we had, and there are stipulations, and there are ways that we must follow in the epistles in order to walk with the Father. I'm never. I'm, uh, there's a word that uh, that we talked about, and uh, in, in when we did the study of Ephesians, to walk with God, uh to walk. There's a certain way that you must walk with God in order for him to, con- you know, have that constant communion with him, that infilling. Um, there's certain things that you must do. Okay. So um, any questions or comments about
4: that? Good. Um, I did have one question. Uh, Because there seems to be a, a movement now with the Black Israelites, they seem to be popping up all over the place. And I've been wondering, do they in any way associate themselves with Judaism or Jewish you know, I mean, they say they're Israelites, but I mean, you just made the point about the law and how serious it really is. I know they do feast days and they have a Sabbath and all that. But do they really associate themselves with Jewish um, people? They believe now some, some of y'all
0: may know more than I do. I haven't done the enough study. On Black Israelites, because God forgive me, they're they're kind of annoying, so I don't really uh, don't really uh, look at them as much. But they believe the Black Israelites believe that they were the the Black Jews or whatever. Like they believe Jews were of color or whatnot. And um, I'm trying to go back in, in history as far as um, when when Judaism hit uh, when Judaism hit. Africa uh, that was through the uh, when when they had the exile in 5 586 when when a lot of Jews begin to flee down down to Africa and they actually built a tabernacle down there they begin to do sacrifices and all that stuff so that's why they believe that, that Judaism reside you know resides with the with the black people because because of that um, because of the, that diaspora and Jews, they, they went down to, to Egypt and began to b- build their own lives and things of that sort. So yeah, they uh, observed the law. Now today, I'm not sure what they believe. I haven't done enough study of the, 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 the Israelite movement today. I, I'm not sure what they, I, I can say what they believe, but I, I don't want to say it because I'm not sure. So if anybody have any insight on that, uh, you can can definitely- I just in? Welcome, Toya. Go
5: hey, ahead. y'all. I was actually listening from Marquise's phone. And so uh, when, when this subject came up, I was like, bing, I got it. Got right, somebody. right. I saw you, <laughs> in. I you Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, um, I actually used to study with the Israelites, believe it or not. Um, um, I was just, I was in a bad situation, abusive relationship. And so I spent a lot of time with that and, um, so their belief system, um, Elder Camille was right. Their belief system is that, um, all black people are Jewish or come from that, um, lineage or whatever. Um, they believe they're a part of, or affiliated with one of the 12 tribes. Um, they also believe that, um, it actually goes back to, um, the split, uh, like, you know how the Bible talks about, um, the Jews were scattered and right. it, it also talks about, um, how, uh, was it, was it Rachel's children? Uh, Esau and Jacob. Okay. Um, yeah. So they believe that Esau was white and Jacob was black. Yeah.
0: Yes. They, do. they sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They so
5: sure. It's, actually like when you sit and you study with them like you'll run like if you if you're a believer and you know the truth you'll actually run from it because it's it's really silly like a lot of the belief system and I'm not trying to down talk anybody's beliefs or whatever it is what it is but it's actually kind of silly and it and really they always kind of attack um children of the way or you know believers um, they always try to attack us by saying that, you know, we got the white man's word. We got the white man's Bible and things like that. But in all actuality, they say a lot of our scriptures are contradictory or whatever. But they study from those same scriptures, believe it or yeah. not. Yeah. They study from those same scriptures. Um, a lot of it's more so Old Testament. And they they rarely believe in the New Testament. So mm-hmm. they just yeah. don't believe they they believe Jesus was a prophet.
0: Yeah, that's it. He was a good yeah. man, prophet, but that, that's that was it.
5: Yeah, yeah, so that's my two cents.
0: Yeah, and that whole Jacob and Esau thing, that yeah, i I remember that because um I'm, I'm like they're they're twins. So they believe one twin was black and one twin was white. I said, what in yep. the world? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like
5: how, but they believe that it was a curse that got um, yeah, made happen. So yep,
4: yeah. yep, yep. So Tracy, I hope that answer your question (laughs) it it does i think it also relates to what you said a few minutes ago that you don't really know if people are doing blood sacrifices or anything like that so it might be that nobody's really following the law these days even Mm -hmm. if they say they are right yeah
0: even the jews are not fully following the law because they don't have a a temple Mm
4: mm-hmm
0: um, which their religion basically resides in is, is the temple. And so the with the temple, that's where God resides. That's where they did all their sacrifices. And since uh, 70 AD, when the temple was destroyed, there's no way that they can uphold the law. <laughs> there's no way. So yeah, yeah. So thank you for that, for that question there. Any other comments or questions? All right. Let's get back here. You guys are coming with some doozy questions today, amen. <laughs> we bless the Lord. All right, so let's see here. So I wanted to show to show you all um, what the camp looks like. So anytime they travel they will set up camp and this is what their camp will look like. So as you see, God was right in the midst of the people. God always had a desire to be in the midst of his people, just like we talked about with Adam and Eve and how he was right there in the midst of the garden. And here uh, with with his people, he was right in the midst of them. And you see the tribes, uh, they circled around God. And in order to come into the the gates, or in order to come into the tabernacle, there were certain things that you had to do. And as you see, the priesthood—Moses, Aaron, and the priest, they were right by the temp- right by the tabernacle, because there were some things that they had to do um, in order, you know, the upkeep of the kingdom, to scrape the ashes, to clean clean up the sacrifices, and and handle the sacrifices. So there were thousands, thousands of priests that handled these um, daily duties. They had to drain the blood and get down in there and drain, you know, get down there and clean the blood and all this stuff. Uh, Yeah. So everybody trying to be a a priest, everybody (laughs) everybody today trying to uh, be a a leader or a priest. There are a lot of, there's a lot of work that we have to do. We translate this to today's church. There's a lot of work that we have to do as, as leaders um, today. So now um, there isn't a particular group that is the priesthood. We all are priests. We are a priest. And so there is some work that we must do. Um, and and, uh, <laughs> and many of us are, you know, we claim that we're not called and we're not ministers, but no, we're all called and we're all ministers. And there are some things that we must uphold. There are some, some things that we must do in order to stay in the presence of God. So, um, so yeah. And so I just wanted to give you all kind of a picture uh, what what it looks like, and then they will stay in one area, and they will pack things up and keep it moving. Okay, so the tabernacle was a was a, a portable a portable church or a portable I won't say church a portable uh, tabernacle a portable temple, um, and they they went
1: on. This is how they traveled. Okay, any questions about that? All right, let's uh, keep it moving
0: here. Let's look at the summary of Leviticus. I think I, I kind of talked about talked about that. Um, let me see here, make sure I didn't miss any points
1: of Leviticus. Um, yep, and so um, Leviticus, when you look at Leviticus and
0: Exodus, so that um, Exodus 20 or 21, yeah, Exodus 20 to uh, Leviticus takes place within a two and a half, two, two and a half, three year period there, okay? So all this is, this is new for the for the Israelites. This is something that they uh, were constantly practicing, something that they were constantly learning. So it made sense that when they were given in Exodus, they were given the law, and then all of a sudden they went back, you know, began to worship the golden calf and all this stuff. It made sense because this is something that was new to them. And so they were still trying to get out of their old, uh, mindset and their old lifestyles and begin to adhere to the way to the way of God and so it, it took time it takes time or whatnot so so yeah any questions or comments about that before I hop into numbers we're good all right
1: let's go into numbers
0: um so the book of Numbers um, in your book on page, I think it's like 64, maybe. Let's see here. Nope. Let's go to 68. It's on page 68. It talks about the authorship and date of, of Moses. as Moses wrote uh, the book of Numbers as an eyewitness to the events recorded in it. Numbers conclude with Israel uh, ready to enter... And conquer Canaan. Since the conquest began just after Moses' death in 1405, a date about 1406 is given. So this book was written. The book of Numbers was written about 1405 and 1406, but it's reporting the time uh, about 1444, 1443. Them about to leave. About to leave Mount Mount Sinai. Okay. And so what I said in Numbers 10. When you look at Numbers 10, you see them packing up ready to, ready to leave, um, ready to leave Mount Sinai, because I think it starts out like in the second year of the second month, um, they're about to, you know, about to travel, so that kind of gives us a hint on what, what year we're looking at, so it's about 1443 or so, okay, Um, let's look at the purpose, let's see, numbers was written to record Israel history from Mount Sinai, to their arrival in Moab on the east side of the Jordan River, um, let's hop into the book real quick here. Under the purpose, go to the second sentence. It says Numbers continues the account of God's faithfulness in the making of Abraham a great nation. The land of Canaan will be like Israel's in spite of his record of unbelief and faithfulness uh, on Israel part. Okay, so the book of Numbers covers about thirty-eight years, forty years. Of, of their travels in in the wilderness um, And it says however, very little information is actually recorded for most of that time. More, most of the 40 years were spent aimlessly wondering. Uh, okay that's under on page 69 under years
1: covered. okay? Um, let's see here where do I want to go? And so, uh,
0: yeah, I talked about how they were arranged, um, in, in, tribes, um, and the tabernacle was
1: right in the center of their camp. Um, let me see here. I think that's on page. No. Okay. So with the, with the book of
0: numbers, um, this is a, a common book that a lot of us we, we heard the stories, though, that are in the book, but we don't really read the book of numbers. We think it's um, a book of census, and it is in the beginning. It gives you the numbers of, of how, how many are in each camp who are, who are willing to go to war. Um, so those who were considered, um, those who were 20 years old and older, um, who are able to fight in the military, those are the ones that they counted. And so they, as you see in the beginning of numbers, they give you a count of each each um, tribe to see who were available to go to war if they had to go to war. And so um, so in that uh, you see the the common stories that we know about. We know about um, Miriam and um, her brother when they were coming against Moses and Miriam was struck with. With leprosy, uh, we know the story of them of their mum, murmurings and, and groanings, and uh, there was another familiar story that I I should have wrote all the familiar stories down. But there was a story that um, let me see here. Uh, oh, we know the uh, maybe we probably know about the prophet Balaam. Uh, some stories with the prop with the prophet Balaam, but there are a lot of popular stories that are in the book of Numbers um, that we should really keep in mind. Um, let's look at the basic outline of on page, on page 69 of, uh, the book of numbers. And so you got the journey from Sinai to Kadesh Barnea. So when you look at, um, Israel journey, they started from Egypt, from Egypt to Mount Sinai. And now we got them moving from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea. And then from Kadesh Barnea to Moab, okay. So part of the trans uh, part of the Trans Jordan River, and so um, we see their preparation, their journey to Kadesh Barnea. The second part talks about their time in the wilderness, the time of transition. Um, you will see this is when they did a lot of murmuring, complaining, and we see how God. Um, kept saying, "I I did this for you all. I made sure you all were good." When they were complaining about just eating um, manna, God provided quail, and they were still unsatisfied. And there's a there's a verse <laughs> in Numbers says that as they were as they were eating the quail and the meat was still in their teeth, God told them that you will never go to the promised land. And He's telling <laughs> He's telling the first generation this. Uh, when they were murmuring and complaining and wanted all this stuff and ready to kill Moses and go back to Egypt, God told them, you will not reach the promised land. Uh, so that, that's what causes their, their wandering in the wilderness. They wandered so long so that the first generation will die off. And the only people that made it over to the, the promised land from the first generation was uh, Joshua and Caleb. And so and so because of their their murmurings and because of their threats and things of that sort caused them not to enter into the promised land. OK. And so there were other stories in the book of Numbers that really showed their their disobedience, how God would give them something and then they'll see something better. And they, they want it. Uh, I know it was a few tribes like with Gad and um, Reuben. They wanted some land over yonder that God didn't even give them and they asked Moses and God was angry. And so they was just so ungrateful. There were a bunch of ungrateful people and uh, it really, uh, for lack of better term to give uh, to anthropomorphic uh, amp- give God a, a human nature. It really got on God's nerves. It really frustrated God uh, to to deal with a bunch of ungrateful People and he called them brood, you know, brood vipers and just evil people um, because of there was just so unsatisfied. And so um, part of the the wandering in in the wilderness was to kill off that first generation. And so Moses is telling this story to the second generation, um, basically their children, the children of the first generation, showing telling them about their disobedience to
1: God. Okay. Um, any comments or questions about that? All right. So, um, the part three of journey from Kadesh Barnea to to Moab, there was some
0: incidents on the way to Moab and then the incident with the prophet Balaam. Um, and you see actually throughout the, throughout the Bible, you see, um, a lot of people mention the prophet Balaam, um, especially, um. Was it Peter? Peter mentions the prophet Balaam in his writing as well, um, and then uh, because there was some things that God told prophet Balaam to do that he basically did not do because he was worried about getting money for himself and he was he was being selfish. And Peter uses that as a reference to the to the church to not focus on the worldly things but focus on what God instructed for you to do um and see here and then the new numbering of people and so now since a lot of the people have died off they had to do a recount to see who was going to go into the promised land now and then uh and then Moses given giving them more instructions um on
1: on what they needed needed to do so any uh questions about that I wanted to bring up one point here. Um,
0: let's see here. Under it's in the summary part that I thought it was, I thought it was a really good, really good part under the summary. Let's see here. Oh, yeah, the first, the first paragraph here says, after spending a year at Mount Sinai, the nation of Israel was ready to conquer Canaan, since Israel was going to have a going to uh was going to have to fight against the nation nations in Canaan, it was necessary to discover how many Israelites were able to go to war. Um, I talked about that, but the last sentence in that paragraph it says all the tribes except Levi were counted. The Levites the Levites were not numbered because they they were not to go to war. So there was a particular tribe um, amongst the twelve that uh, were not uh, supposed to go to war, and that they handled the duties of the tabernacle. So they said the tribe of the Le- of Levi was selected by God to be those special people to care for the tabernacle and to assist in the worship of the Lord. And at the time of the tenth plague of- on Egypt, when God preserved the firstborn of Israel, the Lord declared that the firstborn belonged to them. Now the Levites were belong uh, were to belong to God in a special way. All the firstborn had to be redeemed with a special price paid to the priest and to the Levites. And so here we see that the Levites were God's special people amongst special people. (laughs) The Israelites were special people, but now he has a particular group that handles the duties of the temple and they were considered the special group. Uh, Going on my wild tangent, we see that today a lot of people claim themselves to be Levites. We see people talking about they're part of the, the biblical priesthood and and, the, and there's a lot of singers, a lot of musicians who call themselves Levites and all that stuff. But that's 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 not that's non-biblical and it's uh, nonsensical. Um, we, it's the first uh, the first uh, qualification to be a Levite is that you must be a Jew. So if you're not a Jew, then you can't claim to be a Levite, no matter how talented you are uh, in, in, in music or how good you can sing. You are not a Levite. And so it's crazy. I don't know about you all, but I see that a lot, especially on Facebook. People put it as their, uh, as their status. People put it in their profile that they are a Levite and things of that sort, but you cannot, it was a particular, uh, group of people from God. And it was a temporal thing. It was not to be a permanent thing because now we see, um, when we're looking, um, in the in the in leviticus and numbers that god created created this religion or created this yeah i guess created this religion judaism and judaism was a temporal thing it was nothing permanent uh that would be carried out and you guys remember the chart that i gave you all when it comes to covenants and we see that when it comes to the mosaic covenant it's not connected to the abrahamic covenant and that it ends with Jesus Christ and that it is a temporal, it is a temporal covenant. And so I always have people ask me about uh, feast days and should we celebrate feast days and things of that sort. Um, and the answer is the Bible does not command the church to celebrate feast days. Um, it's good to learn about them. I even teach on feast days. I have a church that brings me in every year. For the last four or five years, they bring me in to teach about the feast days. But what I do is I do not tell them that they must celebrate the feast days. I tell how God's progressive revelation, how he gave it to Israel, and how Jesus fulfilled it, and so that some of some feast days are going to be filled in the end times. And so, I don't tell them that they should celebrate it because the scripture doesn't give us authority to celebrate it as a church. But it's good to understand God's progressiveness and to understand that the law is temporal, the feast days are temporal, and so don't let nobody down. You don't let nobody, you know, uh, make you feel bad because you don't celebrate the feast days. And Colossians even says that don't don't let nobody come to you talking about the new moons and festivals and things of that sort, for they were a shadow. Those things were a shadow and the substance is already on the scene. Okay, and so I just wanted to really plug that in um, because I know we're dealing with feast days and things of that sort. Um, I do go to them. I like to go to them just to see how they do things. And I sometimes I study with the Messianic Jews to understand their perspective and the Orthodox Jews to understand their perspective of the law. But do I celebrate that? No, I don't, okay? So I just wanted to kind of plug plug that in there. So any questions about that, about feast days and all that stuff? I know uh, Christians got their feast day tomorrow, Pentecost, but uh, (laughs) it has nothing to do with the Jewish
1: feast day. (laughs) But um, any questions or comments about that? All right, good. Just wanted to make sure uh, that we did not uh, see here. I think
0: I I talked about the years covered by Moses, the background points. Let me see here. Uh, I talked about um, what was going on in the background of this scripture here. Um, Let's see the summary of numbers, uh, all kind of Kind of touched on that as well. Um, their time, the wilderness, and the transition. Their journey from Kadesh Barnea to to Moab. There. Uh, let's see here. Was there one more point that I wanted to bring out? No, I think that was that was pro- probably it. There.
1: All right. Any questions about numbers before I hop into uh, Deuteronomy? Okay. Good. All right, cool beans. So let's hop into Deuteronomy here. Um, let's go to page. Deuteronomy, page 76.
0: Page 76 in your book. The book of Deuteronomy complements numbers. So just like Leviticus complements Exodus. Uh, the book of Deuteronomy complements numbers. Did someone had a question or anything? We're good? Okay. Right. Yeah? No? I hear somebody, so I wanted to make sure. Okay.
1: Hey, Elder. Okay. Yeah? Hey, Elder.
5: Okay, can you hear me? Yep. Okay, um, when you said, did you say that the Bible says... Uh, to the church not, not to, uh, don't command them to, uh, observe the feast days?
0: Yeah, there's no, there's no um in the epistles that tells the, the church to observe the feast
5: days. Okay. Okay. Um, yep. are you, are you, um, referring to when Paul basically says like, don't judge them because they don't <laughs> eat this or they don't, uh, mm-hmm observe right are you referencing that
0: yeah okay. you see that i think in colossians as well yeah yep yeah. so that's that's what i'm talking about because when he's talking about eating certain meats and certain things it, it's connected to the law and some of it is connected to the, the feast days as well um he was saying don't let nobody you know discourage you because they were dealing with judaizers at that time and they told, they were telling them that yeah you could believe in Jesus Christ but you still must observe the law and we 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 understand that that's not that's not the case like the law was fulfilled Jesus fulfilled the law and so there's no there's no command for us to, to carry out the law um, as the church so yeah okay cool Thank you.
3: and and I pray that everybody is hearing the fact that when as we're studying this old testament and we keep hearing and when we read it says god commanded israel right god commanded israel and then as we get into the church you keep saying that this was not something that the church is required to do mm-hmm. you feel what i'm saying so it it's like there are focal points that i think we have missed and so we just keep trying to incorporate stuff that wasn't necessarily dealing with us and then when it comes to the church and but that also just because we don't have to don't mean I'm about to go around telling them they're going to hell because they because they are right you feel what I'm saying like I'm I'm gonna make sure I'm sure and where I am and you can say what you got to say but at least I know that I don't have to do that. And like you said, like you studied it, it's good to understand it and know it because there's implications from it. There's a foundation from it, blah, blah, blah. But I just, yeah, but that that's a good, because every time I go back and read, you know, you know, Exodus and numbers and all that. And I'm like, God, you are talking to them. You feel Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And now I'm realizing more and more because I keep hearing it like, Hey, I'm a part of the church. So I need to make sure I also know what you're saying concerning me.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And we have to understand, like, uh, these, the things that we were talking about, the feast days, and all all that stuff was a type and a shadow. And those things have been fulfilled. Um, And so we have to understand what with the feast days and with the law that pertain to their salvation. If they didn't follow the feast days and the law, that means that they forfeit their salvation because the Israelites could lose their salvation. With the church, we cannot lose our salvation. Okay. Uh, our salvation was sealed before the foundations of the world. Okay. Whom whom he justified, he will glorify. No one can snatch us away from the hand of God. Those justification scriptures that anything, so so if we if we decide to observe the feast days or not, it has nothing to do with our salvation. Okay, I think that's key right there, that Israelites, they had to do this to keep their salvation. They had to follow the law, be obedient to God to keep their salvation. We (laughs) we can fall all day long. But if we have been justified before the foundations of the world, there is nothing that we can do to lose our salvation. Okay, so I wanted to kind of put that there and also to, to make that point that this is the only religion that God created, and it was temporal, and he did not create another religion after that. Out of all the religions that exist in the world, he only created one, and it was temporary, and it was finished, okay? Even with Christianity, God did not create Christianity. You don't see it in scripture at all. Now, I know I'm about to open up a can with that, but you don't see God establishing Christianity at all. It was a man-made religion. And so there's, there's some things that you must come into acceptance and study on your own. I can't tell you whether or not, you know, some, you know, blah, blah, blah. But as far as scripture, you don't see God giving commandments for Christianity. You give God, You see God give commandments and instructions for the church, but not Christianity. Okay, so that's something to... <laughs> To chew on as well. I know I opened up some worms with that one, but that's that's Bible. That's 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 the Bible. That's the book. Um, and so let's hop back into Deuteronomy. Uh, the main purpose of the book is to remind Israel of their special relationship to God. They were the covenant people and were to obey His laws. So here with um, the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy takes place. Within one day. This is all one day. Okay, so um, even though Deuteronomy is long, over 30 some chapters, it takes place in one day. They believe that this is the last day that Moses was living. Um, And so he 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 basically he he's giving sermon after sermon after sermon to the second generation. Um, here he had to give the law again to them and he had to basically expound on the law. He had to give more to the law um, as God's revelation began to progress. So so Moses was give, giving um, Israel more details to the law. OK, so when you look at the word Deuter- Deuteronomy on page 78, the word Deutero, Deuter means second and uh, namus means law. So it means a second giving of the law. So Moses had to teach the second generation the law again. And so the first uh, few chapters of, of the book, I think chapters one to three, he's he's basically giving, um, let me see here, let me go to it here. Um, he's giving his review from how they traveled from Israel to Sinai and how, how they got to to where they, where they are. I mean, from, so, sorry, he was talking about how he got from Sinai to, to, to Kadesh Barnea to Moab. He's telling them how they got there. And then he's um, expanding the law, giving some more details about the law. Whereas in Exodus, he may say, God said to observe the Sabbath. Um, but now he's given about the Sabbath. He's giving more details to it on, this is how you observe the Sabbath because basically the interpretation was up for grabs and Israel was doing whatever they wanted to do. And so he had to give more details in that. Um, Moses reviews the covenant relationship with God. Um, this is some things that they had to do once they get into the land. Um, there, the, you will see <laughs> there, there's, a, there's a part that we know we're blessed in the city, we're blessed in the fields and all that stuff. That was concerning Israel when they got in, into the land. Um, and it was conditioned based on their obedience to God that they will uh, receive the blessings and if they did not, re- if they did not obey God and then, then there was some uh, curses, because you'll see in one chapter it talks about the blessings but if you don't, then is you're cursed in the city and cursed in the fields and things of that sort, and that was containing with Israel based upon, upon the fact that they were in the land and they were obedient to God. So we sing songs today and blessing the city, blessing the fields. And we think that's for us, but it's not because it's talking about um, the condition, whether or not they're obedient to God and whether or not they are in the land of Canaan. Okay. So it's, it's strictly for Israel only. So we got a lot of bad theology and songs. And then, um, and then we see, um, uh, the final one, the final ministry of Moses that uh, talks, uh, he gives his last words and then he goes up to the mountain and he dies up on the mountain. And so now the baton has been handed over to, to Joshua and they're ready to, to go over into the land. Uh, so uh, right now they're in the, on, uh, like the West side of the land or whatnot. So Moses did make it, but as far as to go into Canaan, he did not, but um, part of where he was the Transjordan was a part of the promised land, okay? Um, any questions? I had to really do that fast because
1: we're running out of time. But any questions about Deuteronomy or comments? Okay. I was just going to say that my favorite part
4: of Deuteronomy is that near the end where Moses is saying Choose you this day, you know, choose life, or you may choose death or something like that. Um, life or
1: person, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. That, yeah, that's okay. it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, a lot, a lot of things can be um, transferred to us, but we just have to make that proper transfer. Um, And so as we continue to expound on scriptures and learning content of scriptures, we're able to make that that proper transfer um, to us. And so in this in the book of Deuteronomy, though, God, uh, Moses is really hammering on the obedience to God. You have to be obedient to God in order to to stay in his promises, in order to to be successful. You have to be obedient to the word. And that's with us today It's that carries over to us today. We must be obedient to his word, but now we have a lot more work to do because now we have to understand what his word means and, uh, do the work. And so, um, just as Moses hits the importance of, of the word we as a church, we need to make sure we're stressing the importance of learning the word of God for
1: ourselves. So any questions or more more comments or questions? Cool beans,
0: cool beans. All right, I will um, pray out. Make sure I got everybody uh, attendance. And then now, so for those who have not registered, because I see some people who have not registered, because I don't have them on my list, make sure you register for uh, these classes so that you get the proper credit. Um, so, yeah, definitely do that. Okay. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and pray out. Um, Thank you all for coming to today's class. And next week, we're going to look at Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. So go ahead and get a jump on that. Don't just wait when my emails come out. Um, I'm going to try to do my best to make sure to announce the next assignment. So go ahead and hop into Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. Okay. All right. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you, O God, that you have kept us. And that you have allowed us to get to this point, Father. And um, we thank you, O oh God, for just allowing us to, to know and to learn your word, Father. For it is our strength, oh God. Um, for it, it guides us and leads us into all truth, Father. And so, God, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that resides inside of us, Father. Um, that will continue to teach us truth, Father. So, God, help us to understand um, the things that the word is saying we thank you, God, that you uh, control the illumination, that when we're ready to understand and when we're ready to go into the next deeper level in you, Father, that you control that, Father, and that through our diligence and through our faith and through our um, studies, oh God, you'll be able to illuminate this word to us, Father. So God, allow us not to be become weary in, in our well-doing, Father. Um, allow us to be strengthened in this um, in this journey, God, of discipleship of getting to know more about you and be able to walk with you, Father. Uh, So God, we lift you up and we bless you and we give you all the praise, glory in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Thank you all. You all be blessed. And I'll see you all next week. Thank you. Everybody
4: have a wonderful week. Love you guys. You too. Have a great weekend
1: and week. Amen.